Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's a reverse by Steve Bono, who's running away from the entire field. Nobody saw him. This is unbelievable. <laughs> a most Run. remarkable development. 40-yard dash. Marcus Dash. 40-yard dash. Marcus Dash. 40. Marcus Dash. Marcus Dash. 40-yard dash. Marcus Dash. You run the 40. Marcus Dash. Welcome back to Running the 40. I'm your host, Marcus Dash. This week, we are talking to former NFL quarterback Steve Bono. He spent the better part of his career with the San Francisco 49ers as Joe Montana and Steve Young's backup, then went on to become the Kansas City Chiefs' starting quarterback, leading them to a division title and earning ASC Player of the Year honors. He now serves as the alumni coordinator with the San Francisco 49ers. We touch on a variety of topics, including his conflict in this past year's Super Bowl, the impact of baseball on today's NFL quarterbacks, and how the 49ers will bounce back from the Super Bowl loss. Take a look. Hey, everybody. I'm here with former Pro Bowl quarterback Steve Bono, former Kansas City Chiefs quarterback and 49ers, and uh, Packers as well. Am I, am I, I'm forgetting somewhere. Aren't I? A bunch. A bunch. Pittsburgh, Carolina, Green Bay, St. Louis. Yeah, you mentioned the other ones. <laughs> I want to say thank you for coming on. Uh, growing up, my uh, I had older brothers, and they were big fans of Steve Bono. One of the jerseys actually got handed down to me uh, was a uh, champion Steve uh-huh. Bono jersey right here. Very, very good. Uh, I'm an avid jersey collector, and that's this, this is one of the first ones I had as a kid. So, oh wow, uh, I finally grown into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how, how have you been doing over these uh, past few months here? Uh, doing doing fine. Um, as I've uh, as I'd like to say, uh, healthy and trying to stay that way. <laughs> yeah. At, at, at this point, it's all that's all anyone can hope for at this point. So staying healthy and kind of staying. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. now we have we now, now we have football coming up and the sports are coming back slowly. So we're kind of we're, we're slowly returning to normalcy slowly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, baseball's been fun to watch since it's come back. Golf is actually up. I've actually enjoyed golf. Should probably shouldn't say this without fans there because you can really see the golf course. Mm-hmm. Like you know, normally you can't you can't see the um, you can't see the errant shots that you might hit <laughs> or that I might hit. <laughs> um, and and you know, no fans stopping a, an errant shot. Um, no, but it's, uh, it's it's actually been it's actually been fun to watch. Um, uh, golf with without the fans there yeah and, I, and i'll say like uh, some of the sports like baseball you know they, they implement the, the, the crowd noise and stuff and i gotta say i think i'm a bigger fan i mean i, I want to see how it plays out but i think i'm a bigger fan of the, the 60 game season i think that's gonna you're, you're already <laughs> seeing early on you have all these teams who are eight and eleven and that and that's pretty solid and they can vie for a playoff spot right now and i think everyone's just kind of you see you're seeing closers lose their jobs already and that's it usually happens at 40 games and not 10 games in so right that's that's true um i know uh uh farhan zaidi here in san francisco is uh he's he's a tra- he's a transaction man to begin with so he's i think he likes this you know <laughs> give him four games and if they don't produce you're out <laughs> bring somebody else up yeah right <laughs> you know. well you know san francisco Struggled last year. Um, have a bunch of young guys playing. 
Um, so he's, you know, moving, he was moving people quickly last year and, and uh, kind of doing the same this year. You're seeing that with the Detroit Tigers. They, they brought up uh, Casey Mize and uh, one of their other prospects, which they probably wouldn't have brought up if it wasn't a short right. like this. So the young right. bucks are actually getting a little playing time, a little more playing time this year. Yeah, those 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 top ten top ten prospects are are uh, are, are, are definitely going to get a chance. Uh, I would think on pretty much every team. Yeah, and and that's another thing. That's another wrinkle that's getting kind of fun to watch this year. You know. Um, yeah. Let's, yeah, uh, let's, talk, let's talk about football here. Uh, this is first question. You kind of had a unique connection to both teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, so I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this past <laughs> year. Uh, since you, you have a huge tie to both teams. Um, you played for the 49ers for five seasons and are currently a, a alumni coordinator for the Niners. And he's for the team for about three seasons, I believe. And you earned a Pro Bowl victory and took the team to the playoffs. Um, or not Pro Bowl victory, but you, you went to the Pro Bowl. Did you have a rooting interest in the game, or were you just kind of happy either way? I mean, I, honestly, I did, uh, and, it, and it was the 49ers only, I mean, because I've, I've worked for them for the last 18 years. Um, uh, so, so went there for the 49er, with the 49ers. Um, I, 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 think I, can, I think I can answer the question best uh, with someone that asked me a question as they were walking out of the stadium um, a chief Sam. And, uh, he, he said to me, Steve, he said, you, you have to, you have to be a little bit happy. And I said, you know, cause obviously I had a 49er shirt on. And, um, uh, I said, honestly, I am, I said, you know, none of us, none of us could get it done. Patrick Holmes got it done. Patrick Mahomes got it done. And, uh, um, I, I, I was, I was happy for him. I'm, you know, happy for the hunt family, happy for, for the whole organization. And playing in the city for three years, I'm sure that was just nice to finally get that. To the the city finally gets that. Yeah, and I and I and I, I digress for a second and say I'm very happy for Andy Reid, who's who's a great guy and and uh, uh, deserved to win a, a a championship. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, the, the the city's been been obviously starved for it for 50 years, and it's um, um, it is truly a fanatical fan base. Um, there, there is, uh, there's not much better a place to play than Arrowhead Stadium, if, if, if there is, um, uh, or as tough a place to play uh, for, a, for an opposing team. And, and that's one thing, you know, the Chiefs, after 50 years, they finally won a Super Bowl this year. And for it to come against the 49ers of all teams, the links in history, I'm gonna, I have it written down here. Uh, yeah. So you had early 80s Chiefs Scott Steve DeBerg who played with the 49ers. It wasn't a trade. He played with the, ended up playing with the Chiefs a couple of years later. And obviously right. Montana being traded from San Fran to Casey. Then two years later, you were traded from San Fran to Casey. A few, a few years later after that, Alvis Gerback went Gerback. from backing up Steve Young to signing with the Chiefs. And then yep. 2014, Alex Smith. Alex. So, I mean, it's kind of, it kind of continues. What do you make of this connection between these two teams? It's, a, it's, it's so interesting. You, I, I, I've, never, I've never noticed a connection this deep before. Well, I – um, I can say that for, for Joe, me, Elvis, and, and, and a lot of ways, even Alex, um, because Andy was already there, it was the connection really was the West Coast offense. Uh, Joe, me, Elvis, Hackett, Paul Hackett was offense coordinator running the West Coast, running his version of the West Coast offense. And Andy Reid obviously running his version 
um, and, and, and bringing Alex there. Um, the, the Iceman, Steve DeBerg, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that connection was back then. Um, and I've even heard of someone else, but it went in reverse, that uh, they played for the Chiefs first, then they played for the 49ers. I, I forget who it was, but uh, somebody before the Super Bowl mentioned that to me. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember who it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would say it was mostly the, it was the, the, the connection of the West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, that's a, that the, the fact that the West Coast, it shows the kind of staying power of the West Coast, you know, that was mid-90s, and then fast forward yeah. 2013, Alex Smith gets traded to that West Coast offense with the Chiefs. Yeah. Well, and, and then, you know, and then Andy putting his, his little spin of, of um, um, I just drew, I was going to say the run and shoot, but that's not the right offense, the, the, um, the pistol. Uh, in, you know, with Alex, somebody who, who grew up playing in the shotgun at Utah uh, and was very comfortable with it. So, um, and then obviously that, that translated uh, very nicely to uh, Mahomes. Right. And, that, and now he's doing a kind of a hybrid air raid system from the Mahomes' right. tech days. Right. Well, let's talk about Andy Reid for a second. You, he was your quarterback's coach in Green Bay, correct? He was. He was. And yeah. you kind of mentioned you were happy for Andy. I'm sure, you know, you know, playing for him and, and, and knowing, you know, how he's been through, you know, went to, went to multiple NFC championships with the Eagles, never actually winning one, you know, going to the Super Bowl, not, not winning it. But kind of talking about how, how happy you were for Andy, but also this kind of marriage between Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and how special that really is with a talent like Patrick Mahomes and knowing, you know, the kind of the offensive mind, the QB whisperer, as they call Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy, yeah, having having uh, having had to coach Brett Favre, he after that, um, I think he I think he felt like he could coach anybody, and and he could. No, Andy, Andy's a terrific man. Um, I, I you know I only played for him for a year, but enjoyed him very much. Um, uh, kind of kind of a no nonsense guy, but but with a uh, with a with a very dry sense of humor about it. Um, uh, so uh, we we got along well, and and um, and then obviously I I followed him quite a bit um, when he was with the Eagles, having having grown up an Eagles fan, um, and and obviously uh, a city that's uh, not the easiest place to uh, coach or play in. Uh, <laughs> now Dougie P has to deal with it, um, but um, no Andy Andy just um, uh, just a. The, the, the right personality, I think, learned a lot from Holmgren on, on how to deal with people, uh, a, a people person. Um, uh, so, 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 like I said, knowing how to deal with people. And then, obviously, he saw something in, in Mahomes, um, hence the reason he drafted him so high, traded up to get him. Uh, he, he saw something that, um, that, that not many others did. Um, I, and I only say that. I don't. I don't say that because a lot of other people didn't. I say that because Andy saw something special. Uh, he 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 saw that um, uh, that it factor, uh, so to speak, and um, that's that's a that's a testament to Andy. Yeah. No. And and I guess kind of the way you know you were saying how he kind of molded the the pistol offense because you know that was Alex Smith's strength. 
and you know he's kind of molding this like hybrid air raid west coast system with Mahomes kind of speaks to kind of the, the coach that he is that he, he can adapt from 97 football to 2020 football you know he, he really has um, and and uh, adapted well uh, and, and like I said that that speaks highly of Andy and I also going back to your point of uh, speaks to um, uh, how uh, what's what's the word how uh, resilient uh, the West Coast offense is and and um, that it's basically been around for pretty much 40 years uh, and and has been able to um, uh, people have been able to adjust it to uh, fit the game Right. The, era, the era of the game, I should probably say. Yeah, and and I guess uh, this kind of goes to my next question. So one of the questions I want to ask you is that, you know, you played baseball at, at uh, UCLA. You were a catcher. And we're starting to see – and it's always been kind of that <laughs> parallel with quarterbacks and, 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 and baseball especially, pitchers and catchers, um, that we're seeing guys who are kind of coming out, Kyler Murray being one, a huge prospect, uh, in, in your area, Bay Area, um, and Patrick Mahomes, who grew up in baseball, was was a baseball player. Decided to choose football over baseball. Yeah. You kind of how has I guess in a way for a guy for a quarterback who played baseball. also, how did playing baseball help you develop as a quarterback? And I know I have a nephew who's trying to play, who's, who's going through all the, the QB conditioning stuff right now, going to his his quarterback trainer. But he doesn't play baseball, and a lot of the guys he does play with are the baseball players. How did you? How would you say that kind of helped you become a better quarterback playing baseball? Oh, I'm not so I'm not so sure Coach Donahue would say that there was anything that was better about baseball. <laughs> baseball helped me in football. Um, you know what? That's that's a that's a really good question. Um, having having tried to do it myself, you know, watching you know watching somebody like Mahomes or or. Um, some of these, some of the other guys go go through it. Uh, having having coached my son, kind of through it, coached him as a as a quarterback on his high school team. Um, ended up playing baseball at UCLA. Um, I, I think that the it's funny. I I think that the and I, and I always told my son this that if he took the I, I think it I think it helps in 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 reverse maybe more in my head. Um, and, and that was, I told my son that if he, if he took the football work ethic to baseball, it would, it would definitely behoove him. Um, and, and I, and I, I think he did do that. He was, he was a hard worker anyway. Um, for me, gosh, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I probably wouldn't have ended up as a catcher had I stuck with baseball. I probably would have ended up in the outfield because somebody who was six four trying to be a catcher back in the early '80s was probably not going to stick there. And, and you're a quite athletic guy too. A la Jay Schrader, somebody who you know was drafted extremely high by the Blue Jays back in the back in 1980 or '79. Uh, played quarterback at UCLA. Played for the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ended up as an outfielder. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's I, other, the, 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 probably more than anything, probably just the, the, the cross training, doing doing something 
different. Um, you know, these kids get uh, so many kids today, you know, they get stuck on one sport early and, and get burned out. Um, um, that's, that's probably the biggest thing um, that, that I can think of is, is just um, doing something different and, and, and different train. I mean, different training. The thing that, the thing that worries me the most always you're talking about, you talked about your nephew or um, is, um, is guys throwing a baseball and guys throwing a football at the same time. Uh, I ended up with arm problems you know, obviously two different weights, two different motions. Um, so that that's to me the, the, the thing that I would worry about most. You're saying in the same season doing football and baseball? In the yeah, same you know, summer, and especially in the summertime, like now when kids are, I mean, obviously kids aren't playing baseball. I guess some leagues around the country are playing. Right. College kids or high school kids. Um, and then they're, you know, they're playing weekend tournaments, baseball tournaments, and during the week they're, you know, working out with their, high school football teams um not happening here in california but uh right now but uh those that's that's what i worry about just the the different motions of and the different weights of of the ball that um can can crank on a on a young guy's arm right now are you surprised with the um the amount of players who are like kyler murray who did choose uh, you know, he could have gone to the Oakland A's, but he didn't. He went, he went to the draft. Are you kind of surprised the amount of guys who are choosing the NFL over MLB? What do you think about injury risks and the guaranteed money aspect of it? Um, no, I mean, not surprised anymore. Back, yeah, probably in my time, you would you would be surprised um, because of the you know baseball is guaranteed money, football is has a lot more guaranteed money. Um, but I don't know if there's much more of a thrill than playing quarterback in the NFL. So um, I, I get why those guys chose it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, would do this, I, would do, I would do the same if I, if I was given a choice. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the 49ers for a second. What do you, how do you expect the Niners to kind of bounce back this year? And how can also coming so close to tasting victory, how can that really impact the team? Uh, you know, I think that, I, I think they will bounce back. I mean, obviously you never know. Um, I, I, I go back to my experience, unfortunately in Kansas city of losing in the playoffs and, and then came back the next year and we were average, uh, you know, we were eight and eight. The, and, and I remember having a conversation with, with, later on in you know years later with Carl Peterson about that maybe we didn't change enough um you know we we because we were good one year and and we tried to keep that same team that there needs I think the lesson learned was that there needs to be a little bit of change that the identity needs to uh, reestablish itself and I, I think the Niners have had enough of the change. That, you know, they, they had the big trade uh, with the Forrest Buckner, which, which didn't have to happen. Um, but uh, I, I think they'll be, I think they'll be good again. Um, do they, do they have that drive? Obviously, this season is going to be different. You know, the most unique of, of 
101 seasons um, for everybody, uh, and and who can who can truly motivate themselves from within, not only individually but but collectively. Um, but I, I I think they'll be I, I think they'll be good again. Um, but they still have a lot of good players. Uh, they're gonna some of the some of the young receivers. Uh, are going to have to step up. Um, right. I mean, we saw Debo Samuel come on last year, and, you know, he may yeah. have to, you know, lost him. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's a guy that's, you know, bust, broke his foot in the – tore his ankle uh, foot, I think it was, uh, in the offseason. So, you know, how soon does he come back? Yeah. yeah. And, and especially – you okay? You don't want to rush that back, you know, because what kind of what kind of injuries that that can cause down the line? You rush a, like an injury like that right. back with the right. foot as a receiver. With the foot, yeah, with with all that pressure that that foot is taking, uh, stopping and starting on routes. Mm. Now there, there was a question I, I I wanted to ask you. You know, you had a unique situation where you were with Joe Montana in San Francisco, and then you got to be with him in Kansas City. Now there's a there's a guy who is it was with the team for the last what twenty or so years with the uh, Tom Brady who was with New England for so long, and now he's going to a new kind of area altogether, going to Tampa Bay. Yeah. How did, how did seeing Joe go from San Francisco to Kansas City was that kind of new, like, being a new area, new surroundings, good for him? And do you think that could benefit Tom Brady? I and mean, do you kind of see the parallels there between uh, Montana and Tom? Um. I I. I I know I'll start by saying I know that Joe um, recommended that Brady not go. Um, it's a it's not a it's not an easy transition. Um, Tom will, Brady will probably do it better than ninety nine percent of us. Um, but it's it's. There's a there's an adjustment of obviously people guys on the team you know where you're living just just the the whole, the whole thing is um, uh, takes some time to adjust to um, will will you know will Tampa be better with him probably uh, I I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna make them worse um, uh, so and and I think they are a pretty good team. Kind of the same. Joe went went there. They were the Chiefs in '93. Were they were a pretty good team. Um, so uh, Joe, you know, helped them get over the hump, get in the playoffs. Um, but there's uh, there's 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 definitely plenty of adjustment, um, and I and I think that that is the reason why you know Joe. I saw Joe make comment that, you know, I think he should stay. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm sure Brady's, you know, he got antsy. Let me let me see if I can do this somewhere else. Um, he's he's with a great players coach, uh, I think, in Arians in, in Tampa. Um, I don't I don't I don't know Arians, but I know he's been around for a long time, and guys seem to like playing for him. Right. Uh, so um, that that makes the transition a little bit easier, but um, uh, I, he'll 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 do. I think he'll do fine, just just like Joe did. Right, and, and I think it's one of those things, you know, that 
this, this is what they, they say, you know, is that Belichick wanted to see if he could win by himself. And I think Brady wanted to prove that he could win without Belichick, yeah. you know, and that's the competitive yeah. nature of a, especially playing quarterback. Exactly. Um, but the combination was pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to go to the final segment, uh, the, the final 40-yard dash is what I call it. Um, <laughs> nice play I did see those. Those were, those were pretty funny. <laughs> um, okay, so what, what was your fastest 40-yard dash? It's a question I ask everybody. That was, that was my only prepared statement, 479. I did make it under 48. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. As, especially, especially back in the day where people try to say, you know, the, uh, I guess the, the more mobile quarterbacks were nowadays, which, you know, but I, I, guess, I guess it's true in a way. I mean, you also had Randall Cunningham back in the day, but 479. Uh, Randall was in my class, and, yeah, that, now that was running. <laughs> he could run. <laughs> he and, you know, somebody like Steve, who was technically, I guess, would have been in my class had it not been for the um, well, he technically was because he played in the USFL for a couple of years and then came to the NFL in the 85 also. Um, but, you know, someone like Steve or, or Randall, ooh, they could run. Well, was the combine back in the day like it was now? Were you like in, in line with Randall? So, so um, I, I, you know, I don't remember uh, Randall being there. I'm sure he was. He wasn't in my group. Uh -huh. um, but but we were we were truly part of the first combine, which was a, you know which in 1985 it, it happened in February of '85 um, at ASU in Tempe. Oh, wow! Um, but but the combine was basically a combination of the two scouting services uh, back then. So that's that's where that that's where that name combine comes from. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty much how it is. What we see on TV on NFL Network is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't really know what we. Yeah. I guess we knew a little bit of what we were going to have to do. We knew we were going to have to do the bench. Well, we didn't have to do the bench press. We could opt out of the bench press. <laughs> if a quarterback did that, like. A, I mean, how would you throw after that? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we, we had to stand up there in our underwear and, you know, get prodded and tweaked by every doctor on every team and, uh, and, then, and then, you know, do all the, the 40 and throw and the shuttle and all those kinds of things. So, um, yes, we, we worked out before we went there, but we didn't necessarily train for it because we didn't, we didn't really know everything we were going to have to do. Interesting. I, I, I didn't know you were part of the, the first inaugural yeah. class of the, the yeah, yeah, 1985. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All yeah. right. Okay. So next question here, a little trivia question. In 1995, you had five rushing touchdowns. What Chiefs running back tied you for the team lead in rushing touchdowns? I had to be Marcus. Yep. Marcus Allen. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give it to Marcus. Ties Walter Payton, third on the all-time list, touchdown number 125. The eyes have it, Tommy. Yeah, Marcus Allen, one of the best ever at getting the ball into the end zone. He has great instincts once he's inside the five-yard line. Uh, so you own two uh, Chiefs quarterback records, and they still stand to this day. What are they? One I, tied with I, Joe Montana on one of them. I have I, – I honestly, I, those I thought about because I – but I, I honestly have no idea. So most passing attempts in a game at 55, which is crazy because you think the passing my, era now, you think Mahomes would have had that. Well, because we were, we, we were getting our 
you know what handed to us in Miami that night, and we kept having oh, to throw the kept having to throw the ball. You remember um, this? It was you know, not a not a great night. Steve Bono in his tenth professional season with Pittsburgh, with San Francisco, with Minnesota, but he's made only a dozen starts. Um, <laughs> a couple a couple bags of IV IV fluid afterwards. <laughs> I, I think I felt a little better. Um, uh, the other record, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, other records, longest run for a quarter, oh. uh, longest run for a touchdown by a quarterback in Kansas City history. Okay, yeah, that I guess, yeah. Nobody, nobody else played there. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure Patrick will break that at some point. Yeah, I mean, that that run he had in the playoffs against the uh, Titans. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't know, I, I didn't know he could uh, do some, do some what he did in that. He looked like a running back there. He looked, he looked yeah. like Marcus Allen there. Yeah, no, no, I, nobody was chasing me, so it was easy. <laughs> Steve Bono, look at this. Joe Valeri out in front says, go Steve, go Steve, go Steve, go Steve. Steve's huffing, he's puffing, he's running. Steve Bono's at the 20, Steve Bono's at the 10. 76 yards and a touchdown, the longest run for a touchdown in the history of the National Football League, Tommy. Okay, so next question here. Uh, on ESPN's NFL Primetime, Chris Berman gave you probably my personal favorite nickname of all time. What, what was it? His, he would tell you his favorite as well. I got you, babe. Because <laughs> he said he always got to sing the song. <laughs> that's that's classic. When I when I was growing up, I remember my brothers would show me that one. And when I told my brother I was actually interviewing you today, he goes, "Steve, I got you, babe." Bono. I was like, "Yep, that's yeah. actually my questions." <laughs> Brings it down to the Raider 11-yard line, third and three. Do, 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 do. Steve, I got you, babe. Bono to L. Dawson, a chief named L. Dawson. So, okay, you play with legends Joe Montana, Steve Young, and Brett Favre. Do you have any interesting stories about those guys? I know Favre, I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have a million I, I, about that guy. I got, I, got, I got a lot of them, but I can't tell any of them publicly. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, the, the – the, uh, actually, one of my favorite – one of the – one of the – one of the lines that I quote more than anything, uh, or, uh, by a uh, by a former teammate, um, is a Tommy Kramer line. Um, when I when I was a rookie, we were playing in playing in Detroit, and uh, uh, Tommy came to the it was a timeout. Tom, we we had go, and Tommy was a he was a streaky player, uh, very very good very good quarterback and. Uh, we had gone up and down the field a couple times in a row, I think, and scored. And 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 uh, Detroit finally called a timeout. Tommy came to the sideline, and Wade Wilson and I were standing there. Tommy licked his arm like that and goes, mm, "Sweating whiskey, boy, it's going to be a good day." <laughs> that's fantastic. That's one. That's one of my. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh man! At what point? At what point in the game? What did it? What was that? It was. It was early. I mean, it was. Maybe the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second, but we, you know, I, I, and I'm going to say we were already up 14 nothing. Uh, I'd have to, you know, I'd have to go back and research that, which uh, I don't know if I could ever find it. But uh, uh, anyway, that was that was that was one of my all-time favorite lines during a game. That's you know, awesome. If I if I thought hard about, enough about it, uh, Brett, I'm sure had, uh, I'm sure Brett had had plenty of them. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure. I was interviewing uh, Mark Bowrichter the other day. Um, he, he was a Chiefs receiver. Then he ended up playing for the Packers for a little bit. He said he was at practice. He was running a, a curl route. He said uh, far threw it over his head, so he jumped up for it. And he said he, he hurt his middle finger. 
goes in. He said he knew he broke it in some way. Some way. So he goes uh, to get an X-ray. Brett, he comes out of the uh, X-ray room. Um, Brett's waiting out there for him. He goes, so what was the prognosis? And he goes, uh, uh, hairline fracture in my finger. He goes, he goes, damn. He goes, I must be getting old. I used to, bl- I used to blow those fingers off. <laughs> <laughs> And I can only imagine how far probably said that. <laughs> uh, he 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 was he was a character. He's a character. No no question. He had a, hit a lot of great one liners. Uh, you know, Joe was Joe was more of the um, not the Brett was, but Joe was more of the prankster. Really? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. My my favorite Joe Montana story was I think it was the Cincinnati right before the, the drive. Uh, I think uh, everyone's oh. sitting in the huddle, and he goes, "Hey guys, is that John Candy over there?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Uh, it doesn't get better than that. I <laughs> uh, know. Yeah, no, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. He was. He was the prankster. It was was Steve? Uh, was he a prankster or no? Uh, no, nah, Steve's. You know, Steve's. Steve's pretty serious. Um, um, yeah, he just you know went about his, went about his business. Yeah. You can kind of see that on ESPN. You know, he kind of sticks to the uh, sticks to the line. Yeah. There. He's yeah. Just talks football. Yeah. Eh, you gotta love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so yeah. the last question here is that you kind of alluded to it earlier. This is kind of the weirdest seasons we've ever had in, in 101 yeah. years of football. What's kind of what's one piece of advice you would tell NFL players as they start a season that's just kind of going to be the strangest they'll ever play and we'll, that we'll ever watch? Yeah, um, I've, I've I've found myself saying this a couple times just to people, you know, asking, well, gosh, what's the season going to be like? And I said, well, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of discipline to play football anyway, but this is like, this is going to be like the ultimate discipline of, you know, you know, all you want to do is like go out to a restaurant, you know, go have a few beers after a game on, on Sunday night. But I mean, you you're gonna have to go home. <laughs> you know? I mean, I just, I mean, there's, there's, this is, I think this will be the ultimate test of, of what team collectively has um, the most discipline. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, None, none of us know, um, you know, none of us have been through this, um, you know, to not have fans in the stands. Um, it's it's going to be, it's going to be really strange, but I, but I ultimately think it comes down to, uh, you know, who can, who can, uh, who can abstain <laughs> from, <laughs> from, from partying. <laughs> Uh, is that is it that big of a factor that the fan aspect of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the greatest, you know, coming out coming out of a tunnel on a stadium and you know the, the roar of the crowd on Sunday. I mean, that's just that's that's what you that's what you play for. Uh, I mean, obviously we play for one another more than anything, but right. that's that's the that's the uh, that's the icing on the on the on the cake. Right. Yeah. So it, it that's you know maybe they'll pipe all that in for guys when they're coming out of the tunnel, but uh, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be strange. No, no, no question. Yeah, I I can't I can't wait to watch. I hope the season lasts throughout. 
I hope there was yeah. no stoppage. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the one thing. I hope all these guys are healthy. Yeah. And I hope, you know, these guys take care of themselves once the game's over, go home and kind of. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, they're going to have to create their own bubbles, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah. Steve, it was really lovely having you on. Um, I, I hope to bring you on at some point uh, during the year to kind of talk some shop uh, to, in the midst of the regular that, season. That that would be fun. Awesome. Yeah, that, w- that would be fun because I'm sure there'll be um, lots to talk about. Um, yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Ho- ho- hopefully there is. Hopefully there's no stoppage in week four or anything, know, anything like that. Yeah, I, I hope not. And um, yeah, it, uh, it'll 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 be unique for all of us. Yeah, for sure. And I I, I look forward and I look forward to having you on again, Steve. Oh, thanks thanks for having me. Really appreciate you coming on. All right, thanks, Marcus. Have a good one, Steve. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.